Welcome to the Our San Gabriel Valley podcast. This podcast is for anyone who has a growth mindset, is passionate about self-development, and is interested in building wealth through real estate while enjoying a balanced life of work and play. It's no longer just about the destination and grinding through. You can travel. You can treat yourself often. You can spend quality time with friends and family while enjoying the occasional avocado toast. Everything is possible when you plan for it and allow life to give you what you deserve. My name is Sebastian. And my name is Salud. We look forward to sharing our journey as a married couple and business partners in the hopes of giving you unique industry insights, home buying, investing, and selling tips, and highlighting our favorite spots and things to do in our community of San Gabriel Valley. Hi everyone, this is Sebastian with our San Gabriel Valley and today we have an exciting topic to talk to you about. We are talking about ADUs. What is an ADU? Why ADUs? Who is building ADUs? Where are they building them? And so what? So we're going to discuss that today, so let's get right into it. ADU, what does that stand for? An accessory dwelling unit, usually just called an ADU is a secondary housing unit on a single-family residential lot. The term accessory dwelling unit is an institutional-sounding name, but is the most commonly used term across the country to describe this type of housing. While the full name is a mouthful, the shorthand ADU is better. That means that any person who owns a home that is deemed or zoned single-family house can now put an ADU second unit in their property. A lot of the times we see people commonly converting garages into a second unit. You can also do a full new construction ADU unit in your backyard or even front yard. And you can do an ADU in a basement, an attic or second level home. You can subdivide the home into parts so that if the home is say 2,000 square feet you can use a portion of the square footage of the current home to divide it into the second unit. Nowadays also there is a new term out there and that's a junior ADU. We're not going to go too much into that today because we want to focus on ADUs and we want to make it less overwhelming for you to for you to understand this concept and why people are doing it. So let's just focus on ADUs for now. So why are people building ADUs? It's very simple. A lot of people want the rental income that an ADU can bring in. They are also thinking about housing their children in there, maybe after re-nesting and coming back from college, or they're thinking about bringing in their parents into their property. But they want either their kids or parents to have some privacy and for them to feel autonomous and to feel independent and for also the main family living in the main home to have privacy and an ADU is the next best thing. We have a lot of investors and a lot of homeowners that have asked us to help them with the process and we'll talk about the process in just a minute but uh, the main reason why they're coming in and saying that they want to do ADUs is for the rental income. A lot of the cities in uh, Los Angeles and in California will command about $1,200 to about $1,600 for a garage conversion. And if you do a new construction ADU, 
depending on the aesthetics and depending on the size of that new construction ADU, you could potentially get anywhere between $1,200 and $2,000 depending on the city. I have seen ADUs commanding between $2,000 and $2,800 per month. And these are in cities like El Sereno, Highland Park, Eagle Rock, Pasadena, Altadena, and the list goes on. So I suggest that you go on rentometer.com, Zillow, uh, apartments.com, Craigslist, and just do a simple search on um, what your idea is. So are you thinking about converting a garage or doing a new construction ADU that is a one-bedroom, a studio, a two-bedroom, a three-bedroom, and so on? And then checking on those forums to see what the potential rent can be for those. This way you can see the return on investment and be very clear about what you're intending to do and how much rents can you collect for that. Like I said, so a lot of people are bringing in their parents or kids into their properties and so it just becomes really efficient for them to house them and to have them in their property but still have the privacy that they want. Where can you build an ADU? The good thing is that here in California, this is a California law and ordinance, and so you can do it in any city of California. You have to be careful because every city is gonna have different parameters, meaning different rules and regulations. I'll give you an example. For instance, in Pasadena, when ADUs first came into play about two to three years ago, Pasadena only allowed a maximum of 800 square feet for an ADU. It could be almost any size, but the maximum was 800 square feet. Well, Altadena said that you can build an ADU up to a maximum of 1,200 square feet. So that's a substantial difference. So again, I suggest you do your due diligence before you get into the process. Go check in with building and safety and see what the regulations are, what the maximum build is, and also what they allow for you to build on your lot. So every lot is gonna be a different size when it comes to square footage, and a lot of the times the cities have a max percentage of coverage that you can have in your lot. For instance, in Monrovia, you can build up to 45% of the first 5,000 square feet, and 35% of the next 5,000 square feet. So it's important for you to go online, look up zoning and building and safety, get that phone number, call the city and ask the right questions. Sometimes the city is gonna give you pushback. So it's important for you to go online and take a look at the code that is out there for everyone to follow and for you to understand what you can and cannot do. I've been to the city multiple times in different cities in Pasadena, Altadena, LA, and sometimes you talk to one person on a Monday that tells you you can do A, B, and C, and then you come back on Wednesday, there's a different person in, at the front desk, and they tell you D, E, F. And so information is a little bit um, distorted when it comes from person to person. Not everyone that is working at the city is gonna know specifics about this and only until you submit everything to the city for the plan checker for the zoning department and all the departments that check it that you will know a hundred percent of what you can and cannot do 
but everything is delineated online and they have a code for it. So it's important for you to understand where to get that information, to decipher what the information says, and also to disseminate that information so that is very easy for you to understand so that you're not spending money prior to knowing what you can and cannot build. As mentioned before, depending on the city, depending on the regulations, for that city, you can build up to 1,200 square feet as a maximum for your ADU. There is also something called a setback. So every property has property lines, and sometimes those lines are blurred, so you, would, you will have to get information from a surveyor, and a surveyor is going to charge you money to let you know where specifically those property lines are. In most properties, you already know where the property lines are, and a lot of the times you can see those on title and in the plot plan of every property. But let's not get too confusing. The point is that every property has property lines. And if you were building a house on a lot, then the city is going to tell you that you have to be about 25 feet away from the rear property line and about 25 to 30 feet away from the uh, front property line. This is for new construction for a main house. When it comes to an ADU, the setbacks or how far you need to be away from the property lines are five feet from the rear and five feet from the side. You also have to be about 10 feet away from the main property. Parking spaces. The city used to require for ADUs to have their own designated parking spaces or garages and carports. In the last couple of years, they have become more flexible when it comes to that. So again, check with your specific city to see what they will require. But in many cases, as long as you are at least a mile away from public transportation, they will not require for you to have parking spaces, carports, garages for your ADU. In many cases, as long as you have a driveway that fits uh, at least one or two parking spaces for the ADU, then that's going to be sufficient. And it really comes down to the square footage of the ADU and how many bedrooms and how many people that ADU is going to house. You can rent out your ADU to random tenants and not just family or friends. Absolutely and 100% yes. It used to be at the beginning of all this that you could not rent it out to the public and also that they did not want investors buying property and uh, putting ADUs on it to rent out both units. But now things have changed and investors are allowed to purchase houses, put an ADU in it, and rent it out to the masses. We do have rent control in California now, and it's important for you to know the rules and regulations associated to rent control so that you are within the law and you're not putting yourself in liability when renting it out to a tenant. Next, Let's talk about the team of professionals that you're going to need for this endeavor. Number one, you're going to need a drafter or architect. Number two, you're going to need a contractor. And number three, if you choose to, you will need a realtor. If you are thinking about selling the property in the next five or 10 years, it's important for you to consult with the realtor. So that way you are building an ADU that is going to be universal enough to have sellability. There are ways to build ADUs where they're going to be comfortable for you and your family, and there are ways to make that ADU comfortable for your family and also make it sellable so that you're maximizing the potential sell of your property. 
Let's talk about the difference between a drafter and an architect and why use either. An architect usually went to school, they, got, they have a degree in architecture, they have a license and they have a bond. So when it comes to bigger projects, I would say that it is important for you to have uh, liability insurance and to use someone that has a license and that is bonded in case something goes wrong. You are paying a lot of money to an architect to do such a thing. And so you want to make sure that you have recourse. The difference is that a drafter is going to know everything that an architect knows how to do but they do not have a license and they're not bonded. So if something is wrong in the plans, if something in the future comes along from it, you are going to have very little recourse. So it's important for you to have a good contract with the drafter. In my experience, I have worked with architects and I have worked with drafters. For the most part, when it comes to ADUs, I'd rather use a drafter because they're going to be about 50 to 60% less expensive than any architect. If you can use a good architect that's licensed, bonded, knows what they're doing, knows how to work themselves around the city, is good at communication, and is also relatively well-priced, then I would go with an architect. An architect or a drafter they're going to come to your house. They're going to measure the existing house along with the lot size and how the house sits on the property. They're going to do elevations, details. They're going to draft or draw out the building plans. And most of the time, then you as the client, you're going to tell them exactly what you want. And a lot of the times a drafter and architect are going to suggest one or two different options draw those out, bring them back to you for you to make any corrections or uh, for you to give them any input on that. Once you select that, then they're going to go back to the city and they're going to initiate the process. They're going to submit their drawings to planning first and zoning. And then once that's approved, then they're going to submit the same plans to building and safety. So a lot of the times those are two different processes and in many cases you can submit those at the same time but sometimes depending on the city you have to do planning first once that is approved then you can submit to building and safety obviously because you want to do things in a timely manner and you want to do them a little bit faster you want to know if you can submit it right away to both agencies the process and timing of that sometimes planning depending on the city again can take anywhere between three to eight weeks and then building and safety approvals are going to take anywhere between eight to 12 weeks. So it really depends on the city. So I suggest that if you are buying a property to do this, that you first go check with the city with building and planning and zoning, understand the time associated to getting those things approved and then doing so. Obviously, if you already have a home and you just want to do that, then you're just going to have to go by what your specific city says and plan for it. 
Hey San Gabriel Valley, we're briefly interrupting this episode to let you know about our featured local business of the week because you know we love supporting and shouting out small businesses. They need our support now more than ever. And this week, we want to tell you about Whole Note Music Academy. Have you ever wanted to learn to play an instrument or maybe take voice lessons? Whole Note Music Academy offers online lessons for guitar, bass, ukulele, piano, voice, drums, and recording with no contract and very reasonable pricing. I will make sure to leave their Instagram handle in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. There are three costs associated with doing an ADU. Number one, you're going to have to pay the drafter architect a sum for facilitating permits for you and also for drafting the building plans. Usually a drafter's fee can be anywhere between $3,500 and $6,000 depending on the size of your ADU and how much work they have to put into it, where an architect could be anywhere between five dollars and $12,000. So that's where the, the difference in fee comes in. The second expense is gonna be with the city planning, building, and safety. Depending on the city, they charge a different amount. And so that can be anywhere between two and $10,000 plus. So it could be a little bit more than that. But what I've seen, most cities are landing anywhere on average between five and $7,000. The third expense is gonna be with the contractor. And this expense is gonna vary widely depending on the contractor, depending on your design, depending on your property also. If it has a slope, is it single level, is it uh, dual level, multi-level for the ADU? Are you building a garage and then putting the ADU on top of it? Are you converting a garage? So all of these different things are gonna have a different expense associated to it. So there's maybe two different expenses I would like to talk to you when it comes to a contractor. So you are either going to convert a garage into an ADU or you are going to do a new construction ADU. When it comes to the conversion, I've seen prices between $45,000 to about $80,000 for a conversion of a garage. $80,000 is pushing it on the higher end level, but it really depends on aesthetics and depends on what you're doing and depends on the scope of work. So it's really important for you to have a conversation with the contractor and a drafter or architect at the same time in the planning phase so that the architect or drafter are not putting in more expensive things like beams, uh, voltage ceilings, uh, second level ADUs if you don't have to because those are going to be associated with the higher expense. Also talking to the contractor and maybe saying, okay, this is what I think I want to design with my, with my architect or drafter. What do you think about this expense? Is this good? Is this bad? A lot of the times it's important for you to get up to three bids from different contractors because different people are going to do business in a different way. I think in the bidding process, you get a sense of who you're working with and their communication style and their pricing style. Contractors sometimes charge $300 a square foot for new construction, and some charge about $170 to $200 a square foot. The less expensive one, between $160 and $200 a square foot, does not mean that they're going to do a bad job. It just means that they do business in a different way. And also, on the other hand, 
uh, an expensive architect or an expensive contractor does not mean that you're going to have a great experience. So it's really important for you to get uh, word of mouth references, for you to check the before and after on other projects, for you to really do an interview with that contractor, whoever's helping them secure the project so that you understand exactly how they communicate, what they charge, their timeline, and what they plan on doing when and if things go a little bit south. It is really important to understand the process that goes into hiring either an architect, drafter, contractor to help you with this endeavor. I know that is exciting to know that you're building an ADU, that you're potentially going to gain a rental unit and cash flow. Or if you're thinking about housing children or your parents, it's exciting to know that they're going to live with you. But aside from all of that, you really have to treat this as a business exchange with someone and you want to be on the same page with them when it comes to everything there is to know about the process. I suggest that people have very clear contracts for the scope of work with a very detailed list of allowances for materials that are going to come in. And if you as the client are going to pay for extras like fixtures or items that provide more aesthetic and not structure. So make a list of all the items that you plan on paying at the end or ask the contractor to give you a list of allowances so that if you choose to purchase something more expensive, all you're doing is paying the extra amount outside of the allowance. As you can see, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to building an ADU or converting a garage to an ADU. And I suggest that if you have any questions about the process, about the teams, and about how to hire different people, that you connect with us. And we are going to be glad to help you and answer your questions. We have already worked with many contractors, architects, interior designers, drafters, and we understand the process, understand how to keep both of you safe and happy. So that is a win-win situation. The worst thing I have seen is that a contractor makes the contract in such a way so that he wins. Or on the other hand, I've seen clients that are really good negotiators so that they win. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of discourse. They're not on the same page and things go south very fast. One of the things that's very important is that you do get what you pay for. And there's a balance between inexpensive and good work. What I see is that a lot of contractors out there, they want to win, quote unquote, the project, or they don't know how to price out the project. And they give you a very low number for the building of an ADU. And then they get in trouble in the middle of that. And they start putting in a lot of change orders and tacking in more money onto the project because they did not price it well and they're no longer making a profit. So you really want to make sure that you have a win-win situation, a win-win contract where both the client and the contractor are happy and uh, they're both getting what they want without being imbalanced on either side. And that's the only way that you're going to have a successful project and a beautiful ADU at the end of this.
there are a lot of ways to go wrong on this. There's a lot of ways to choose a wrong contractor, the wrong architect, drafter, or even a bad design that later on is not going to bring in the value that you thought was going to come in onto your property. And uh, so it's very important to talk to someone that is knowledgeable, that has the experience, that knows how to navigate this for both the contractor and the client and also the architect because they play a strong role in designing everything and facilitating permits. So it's very important to have a great team to get this done. If you have any questions about ADUs, about new construction, about converting a garage into a second unit, and you want to talk to us, send us a message, reach out to us, and we'll be glad to help you out and bring some clarity to the equation. What we do is we set up the teams in order for you to make this happen. We are realtors at the end of the day. We help people buy and sell. So we do have a lot of clients right now in the process of purchasing property for um, rental purposes and they're going to convert garages into ADUs or we're doing new construction ADUs. So I invite you to reach out and maybe become part of that process because sometimes we're going to have meetups on site of ADUs that we're already helping people build. And this would be a good chance for you to see what other people are doing and also the process, the beginning, middle, and end, and so that you can see what is possible in your home or house you want to buy. There is a lot of opportunity when it comes to this uh, realm of real estate. And this is one of the few ways that I see people cash flowing from a rental property in California. California prices are super high and it's very difficult to meet the 1% rule and it's also very difficult to cash flow unless you put a big down payment onto the purchase of the house. So instead of putting that down payment into the house, make the down payment a little bit smaller, create an ADU, new construction or conversion, and cash flow through that while increasing the value of the property. This has been so much fun for me. This is almost a hobby for us, and we're having a lot of fun with it. So please reach out if you have any questions. Until next time, Sebastian out. Thank you for spending this time with us listening to the Our San Gabriel Valley podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please subscribe, share it, and leave us a review. You can also find us at OurSanGabrielValley.com, on Instagram at OurSanGabrielValley, and of course on Facebook. Bye guys.